Hey, happy Friday, everyone. This is Jeffrey Wu, and welcome to this Friday's Health via Modern Nutrition Podcast, HVMN Podcast. And usually on Fridays, as you've come to expect, we do free Fatty Fridays, which is my rapid fire Q&A session. But this Friday, we're doing something a little bit different. I'm having Dr. Lat Mansour, the research lead at HVMN, take over and talk about smoking cessation in honor of his mom recently quitting smoking. One of the key things that I've really come to believe about healthy living is not just doing healthy behaviors, of course, being active and eating healthy or doing exercise are all positive and great things. But just as important, if arguably more important, is avoiding and cessation of bad, unhealthy activities. So fasting is essentially not eating. Smoking and not smoking, the act of not smoking is often very, very important for overall health and wellness. So Lat is going to take over and talk about all of that, his personal experience, as well as the latest data from CDC and WHO and all of the very rigorous scientific evidence that you have come to expect from us. So I know you're going to join this episode. Let's tee off lat and dive into it. I'll speak to you guys all next week. Hi, everyone. Welcome to HVMN Podcast. This is Dr. Lat Manso, research lead of HVMN. Good morning from sunny San Francisco. It's very sunny here today as the cloud of smoke has moved on and cleared out. And it's very nice to see the blue skies again. Speaking of smoke, today we'll be talking about smoking cessation. Now on our podcast, usually we talk about the forefront of health and science and what are the best practices that makes people's lives healthier and more productive. But sometimes we forget that what we exclude in life is as important as something that we would like to include in our lives. So that is why I would love to talk about smoking cessation. And another reason why I want to talk about smoking cessation is that in honor of my mom who recently quit smoking, after 35 years of smoking at the age of 65, I am so proud of her. And because of that, I wanted to look more into smoking cessation. What can you do to keep it off? What happens to your body when you stop? So that I can provide her with more information and knowledge so that she can have a better discussion with her physician. And obviously, as I have been doing all this research, I thought it would be a good idea to engage with you guys, our audience, to share with you the information that I have found, as well as have a discussion with you if you have experienced smoking cessation, if you've smoked and quit before, what are the challenges, what are tips and advice that you could share with the audience, with the community, and let's talk about it. And I myself, I was a smoker before, uh, not very proud of it, but I did stop more than 10 years ago now. I started in my early not early, I was. I start at the end of my teenage years and stopped around early 20s. And I'll, I'll talk about, talk more about my personal experience and share with you what I have learned and found during my journey. Um, and feel free to comment and, and talk about your experience and then hopefully we'll, you know, have a discussion going. So first of all, I would like to give off some facts and info that I found from CDC, uh, WHO, multiple different websites that has so many resources about smoking cessation. Now let's get to it. First, reason to quit. Obviously, it varies from 
individuals to individuals and everyone have their different driving motivations and driving factors that makes them want to quit smoking. And for me personally, at that time, it was partially financial, partially health. And I'll tell you why. First of all, I was a second year student in my undergrad uni. um, And I found that since I'm on the scholarship, I have a fixed amount of money that I get every month. Adding an extra expense to my monthly allowance, it just doesn't make sense. So from a financial point of view, that is not a very wise choice for me to smoke. And especially at that time, I was smoking quite heavily. I was smoking about maybe 20 cigarettes, 30 cigarettes per day. So that was not economical for me as a student. And the second reason was the fact that I was studying biotechnology. So I learned more about genetics. I learned more about physiology and metabolism. And there was one time I went on a course called Biology in Space course, south of France. And when I was smoking there, one of the researchers, she came up to me and she said, stop smoking, save your money and buy vodka. And I'm not making this up because those are her words. But for some reason, I felt that that resonated with me, that it it dawned on me that she wanted to share some info with me. So right after the lecture, I went up to her and I asked her if she wanted to tell me something. And she sat me down and she really explained to me from a genetics point of view, how all these carcinogenic agents in cigarettes, and there are like more than 70 of them, could affect or could increase my risk of getting cancer and how it affects on on a DNA level. And being a biotechnology student at that time, knowing that knowledge, I just couldn't bring myself to keep smoking and be a hypocrite, knowing that it is damaging my body, my cells, and eventually I may have to deal with the health consequences. So right then then was the turning point at which my decision to stop smoking came about and I just threw away whatever cigarettes I have left and went cold turkey. So that was the start of it. And apparently in 2018, according to CDC, 55.1% of adult smokers have attempted to quit smoking. And that's about 21.5 million smokers and also 61.7% of the adult smokers who ever smoked had quit. So more than half of the people who have smoked had quit. So that means people do want to quit and people are constantly looking for different ways to help them to quit. So I thought having this video and starting a conversation and discussion here would be quite useful to a lot of people. Another reason why people stop smoking is to prevent their loved ones or family members to be exposed to secondhand smoke. So there are various different reasons, be it health, financials, um, health of your close ones. You need to find that good reason for yourself. And that was the lesson that I learned quitting smoking is to find that one reason that is so strong that keeps me going, that keeps me motivated to go through with it, especially in the earlier days where the withdrawal symptoms would kick in much stronger. There was one time my friend told me that, and I was 22 at that time, mind you, um, she said, you will die soon because you're smoking. And if anything, that has the complete opposite effect on me quitting smoking because 
I want to, to prove her wrong and that I can keep smoking and live long. And that is certainly not the way to go about it, whether you are the one advising or nudging people to stop or you are the smoker to, you know, react to certain recommendations or suggestions. So again, you know, find your reason, find your real reason, quit for yourself, not for anyone else. It's for your, if you really want to, it's for your own benefit and it's a behavioral change. So if you have that strong foundation, you should have that drive to really push you forward. All right, secondly, come up with a plan to stop smoking. At one point, I used to tell my friends that never plan to stop smoking because plans never work, just stop. But then later on, I realized that it is not the plan that didn't work. It's because their mentality of a plan is to simply cut down the amount of cigarettes they smoke every day and gradually and hope that one day they will stop. And that is not so much of a plan, it's just you're just following the flow. And sometimes when the triggers are present, it's really hard to keep that momentum. So therefore, there are so many resources nowadays, be it like nicotine replacement therapy, medications, um, support groups, online apps, tools. So you choose what works for you. And most importantly, I think for me is to identify what my triggers were so that I can find the correct tools and the correct means to avoid those in order for me to keep myself away from cigarettes. Now, the more interesting part here is the metabolic changes as you quit smoking. And as a metabolism person myself, I want to focus on what happens to your body after you stop smoking. Nicotine withdrawal includes physical, mental, emotional, and behavioral symptoms. And they include headaches, nauseous, insomnia, anxiety, depression, and fatigue. So there are many layers to it as you go through the withdrawal symptoms when you go through smoking cessation. And this is where all the planning will fall into place. Medications such as nicotine replacement therapy um, will help these cravings and withdrawal symptoms. One good advice that I found online is to go for a walk or go for an ex go for um, exercise when the urge hits. And this is particularly important for me personally uh, during my journey because at that time, I also started exercising or just regularly doing physical activity which is the first in my life. I was overweight all my life. I hated exercise. I hated physical activity. But during that time, I got the courage and the drive to go for a run every day. And there was a lake around the University of Nottingham that I ran around like around two kilometers every day. It wasn't a intense exercise, but it was consistent and it was regular enough for me to keep the urge away. And one of the main physiological changes that I noticed personally as I built up my stamina and my fitness level is that even if I slip up and have one cigarette, I will feel it the day after when I go for a run. I will have shortness of breath. I will have congestion when I wake up. And that reminds me, that physical change reminded me why I stopped in the first place. And it reminded me what am I doing to my body that is hazardous to my health. Mind-body exercises such as yoga, meditation, and deep breathing has been proven to be very helpful in managing stress, anxiety, and most importantly, the urges that you get as you go through the withdrawal symptoms. And last but not least, surround yourself with a community with family members who are supportive and build that support system because having that support and encouragement 
certainly will do more good than harm. One of the more common side effects of smoking is that you will gain weight. It is not a lot of weight, but it is very common because smoking itself is a, an appetite suppressant. So as you stop smoking, you may actually increase your appetite and therefore eat more and increase your calorie intake per day. Secondly, smoking also affects your taste and uh, smell sense, which means you may taste your food better and you may find your food more delicious and therefore you eat more and increase your calorie intake over the course of the day. So be careful with your portions and definitely practice mindful eating. And obviously, if you are already doing physical activities or exercise regularly, that will certainly help to keep your weight down. So for me, when I went through that process, because I was already exercising, instead of gaining weight, I actually lost weight. And within the first four months, I lost about 20 kilos. That's about what, 45 pounds after stopping smoking, which a lot of people were quite surprised about. And I was glad that sort of coincide me deciding to start exercise and me wanting to quit smoking because they don't necessarily, I didn't necessarily decide to do both of them at the same time, but I'm, I'm glad they converged uh, the way they did. Obviously, if you are unsure or if you are not informed enough to make your decisions around nutrition and portions and different diets for your own health, if you have any other underlying um, conditions, feel free and don't be afraid to ask professionals like you know your physicians or nutritionists or dietitians. Now, fast forward a few months after you stopped, you know, you've achieved great success in, in stopping smoking, you know, you're doing great, your health is improving, you are building your fitness levels and all of that. How do you keep it off? Like for me, the most challenging part of smoking sensation um, would be months later. So the physical addiction will not be there anymore, but the mental addiction will still be there. Be there especially if I am in presence of the triggers that I mentioned earlier, if I'm out in a social setting with friends who smoke, if I'm out at a bar drinking with friends and, and they also smoke at the same time. So lucky for me at that time, the indoor smoke ban, smoking ban uh, in the UK happened around the same time, which means it was a hassle to really smoke and you have to go out and smoke and they have the smoking area and there's so many people cramped up in a small space and it's not very comfortable. Secondly, it was also going into the winter, which means I have to go out into the cold to light a cigarette. And my laziness actually helped me in that sense to not want to go out in the cold and just want to stay in and that helped with my urge. So keeping up that process of not giving in to the urge both mentally and physically. So mentally, you, you sort of argue with yourself why you should keep it off and why you shouldn't give in to all these triggers. And physically, you just have to like avoid these triggers as you, know, you see them, you smell them, you taste them. And if it triggers your urge to want to smoke, then avoid them. I think that is the main lesson that I have learned for myself. If you have anything extra to, to add, please feel free. I would love to hear them. And I would love to pass it on to my mom who is going through that right now. It's her first month without any cigarettes. She's doing so well. So thank you in advance. And last but not least, obviously, if you want to remind yourself why you should stop smoking, why you should keep going, 
it's because the longer it is between now and your last cigarette, the more benefit that you will get. And I will share with you this WHO website that details the different benefits per time from your last cigarette. According to, to WHO, you know, within 20 minutes, your heart rate and blood pressure will drop. Between two to 12 weeks, your circulation will improve and your lung function increases. And after five years of stopping smoking, your stroke risk is reduced to that of a non-smoker five to 15 years after you stopped. And 15 years after you stopped, the risk of coronary heart disease is that of a non-smokers. So this puts into perspective the benefits of smoking cessation the further away you are from your last cigarette. And I find this very appealing because you can sense that physiological change within you um, and, and that just reinforces your choice to stop smoking. Ultimately, I always believe that a smoker will stop when they truly want to stop. There is no point forcing someone or giving someone ultimatum because you want them to stop, be it you know your loved ones, your family members or whatnot. Because if they are mentally not prepared to go through that process, it will always come back and, and hit them harder. All we can do as outsiders, families or friends is to provide the support that these people need in whatever form that they need. And we can urge and nudge as much as we want. But, you know, as I have done with my mom for years, she just suddenly called me and said that she stopped smoking last month without any triggers from myself or my siblings. They just, she just decided maybe it's time for her to stop smoking. And that is why I think it's important for us to be mindful if we are not the smoker, not to necessarily discriminate you know smokers but give them support instead and if you are a smoker be open-minded and get all this information you know share with your friends and if you have the thought of quitting smoking do go out reach out for any form of support that you can get either from online resources or your healthcare providers so i hope this short video has been informative to you and that you enjoyed it as usual, like, subscribe, and please comment with you know your journey of smoking cessation, sharing your experience, your challenges, advice, tips. Would love to have a whole conversation with you guys. And if there are enough comments, I would love to make another video to discuss the different things that you guys propose. And if you have any sort of scientific findings that you would like to talk about and discuss on, I would love to dig more into that as well. So again, thank you for listening to HBMN Podcast and I'll see you next time.